It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Welcome to the program. God bless you all. A Christian legend relates the thought that God sends each person into the world with a special message to deliver, a special song to sing for others, and a special act of love to bestow. No one else can bring our message, sing our song, or offer our love. Only we can. This legend reminds us that each of us has something of value to offer to the life of our world, something that can make this world a better place. With this thought of a message to deliver, I want to give you something which I hope can get you started in a conversation that could lead you to be able to share your faith with someone you know. You can call this, Do You Have Hope? You can start the conversation with this question. Do you have hope? That can lead to a discussion. Do you have hope that the COVID vaccine will stop the pandemic? Do you have hope that your life will have meaning? Eventually, this may lead to the question, Do you have hope? of a life that extends beyond the grave. Prepare for this discussion by reading what the New Testament tells us about hope. In Romans 15, verse 4, we read, Whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and encouragement we might have hope. This tells us how to have hope by encountering what is written in the scriptures. Then Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he, Christ, who promised, is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. This tells us how to keep hope alive with four imperatives. One, by meditating on the faithfulness of Christ. Two, considering one another to stir up love and good works. Three, continuing to assemble together. And four, 
exhorting one another. At a time when the Apostle Paul was defending Christianity, he said, I am on trial for the hope and resurrection of the dead, found in Acts 23, verse 6. Then he said, Having a hope in God, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. That's found in Acts 24, verse 15. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, it says, If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men to be pitied. You might offer a New Testament to your conversational partner. Now let's go back to our overview of the 12 points to show that Christianity is true. In the last episode, I was discussing point eight, that Jesus' claim to be God was confirmed by three sets of miracles. I had discussed two of the sets of miracles. One, by Jesus' fulfillment of numerous prophecies about the Messiah. Two, by his sinless life and miraculous deeds. And now we consider the third set of miracles. Jesus' claim to be God is confirmed by the fact that he predicted and accomplished his own resurrection. He predicted, I will go to Jerusalem suffer at the hands of the chief priests and die and three days later rise from the grave. He predicted, destroy this temple and three days later I will raise it up again, speaking of the temple of his body. He said, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. There is more eyewitness evidence for his resurrection than for any event from the ancient world. Over 500 people saw him, heard him, touched him, ate with him, saw the empty tomb, the empty grave clothes, saw the scars in his hands and side. His resurrection transformed the frightened confused disciples into a bold, courageous missionary society overnight because they had really encountered not a myth, not a legend, not a deception, but the risen Christ. Therefore, by what God uses to confirm his message, point five, Jesus claimed to be God, point seven, And it was confirmed by overwhelming supernatural confirmation, point eight. How are we to respond to Jesus' claim to be divine, found in point seven? If he meant it literally, then the claim is either true or false. If it is true, then Jesus is Lord. If it is false... He either knew it or didn't know it was false. If he knew it was false, then he is a liar. 
If he didn't know it was false, then he was a lunatic. If Jesus meant his claim non-literally or mystically, then he is a lama or, you might say, a guru. Faced with these facts, we must make a revolutionary choice and conclude that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, a lama, or Lord. I see nothing in the record of his life that would imply he was a liar or a lunatic. On pages 168 to 171 of the book, Handbook of Christian Apologetics, the authors Peter Kreeft and Ronald K. Tocelli give eight reasons why Jesus is no guru. That leaves you and me with only one choice. He is Lord, and all that I can do is fall on my knees and worship him. My hope would be that you too would choose Jesus as Lord. Therefore, the conclusion is point nine. Jesus is God. That means the game is over for those who don't believe in the deity of Christ because the evidence is so powerful. We will give powerful arguments that a theistic God exists, point three. We have seen that miracles are possible, point four. That the New Testament documents are reliable, point six. And that Jesus claimed to be and proved to be the Son of God, points seven, eight, and nine. Therefore, one thing is crystal clear, point 10. Whatever Jesus, who we now know is God, whatever Jesus teaches is true. That's self-evident. That's axiomatic. Whatever God, who is the source of all truth, teaches is true. God, who is the absolute moral basis for everything, which we see from point three by the moral argument, that there must be an absolutely perfect moral being, God, who would not deceive. Since Jesus is the Son of God and shares the same essence as God, neither he will deceive. So what Jesus teaches is true. He claimed that whatever he taught came from God with absolute and final authority. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's in Matthew 24, verse 35. He also proclaimed, all things have been committed to me by my Father. That's in Matthew 11, verse 27. When Jesus commissioned his disciples, he proclaimed, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. Therefore, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's in Matthew 28, verse 19. He claimed the very destiny of humanity hinged on his words. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. But those who do not act on them will be like a person who built their house on sand, and great was the destruction thereof. 
Jesus said that his words would judge us in the last day, John 12, verse 48. He vowed that all his teaching came from the Father, John 8, verses 26 through 28. Despite the fact that he was a man on earth, Christ accepted the acclaims of deity and allowed men to worship him on many occasions. Two examples are in Matthew 28, verse 17, and in John 9, verse 38. One of the many things Jesus taught is, point 11, the Bible is the word of God. Notice I am not arguing in a circle here from point 7. Point 7 didn't say the Bible is the word of God. It says the New Testament documents are historically reliable and we have evidence for it. I have not concluded that the Bible is the Word of God until we get to point 11. One reason we know that the Bible came from God is very simple. Jesus told us so. It is on His authority as God that we are sure that the Bible is the Word of God. He confirmed the Old Testament's authority in his teaching. He said regarding the Old Testament scriptures, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill. Until heaven and earth shall pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Matthew five seventeen. He said, The scripture cannot be broken. In John 10, verse 35, the second half of the verse. Your word is true, John 17, verse 17. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it, Luke 11, verse 28. My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it, Luke 8, verse 21. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. John 12, verse 48. Before Jesus left his disciples, he told them, These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 14, verse 25 and 26. Jesus added, When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. John 16, verse 13. Jesus promised that his teachings will be remembered and understood and that additional truths would be given to the apostles so that the church could be established. He promised an authoritative New Testament through his apostles. To be an apostle, one had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Christ. Acts 1, verse 22 and 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1. So now we have point 12. 
Therefore, it is true that the Bible is the Word of God, and anything opposed to it is false. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.